continue our look at the church, the role of the church, as Shiloh moves toward its 148th church anniversary. We want to talk this morning from the subject, the danger of a lukewarm church. The danger of a lukewarm church. What's interesting about this word of Jesus to the church at Laodicea is that it doesn't follow the pattern of his words to the other churches found in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. If you're familiar with the passages, in these chapters, Jesus speaks to seven churches of Asia Minor. And how he speaks to them follows a particular pattern. There's a word of commendation, followed by a word of condemnation, and ending with a word of counsel. But that's not the pattern here with this church. Jesus, who is the amen, the so let it be, says this. Jesus, who rules over all that God has created, says this. Jesus, who speaks what is faithful and true, says this. And because it's Jesus who says it, the church ought to be at full attention. It should be a time for honest examination, followed by honest repentance and a genuine desire for change. Jesus says, I know what you're doing. And my brothers and sisters, that's powerful all by itself. Jesus knows our deeds. Jesus knew all about the church at Laodicea, and he knows all about us. This same Jesus said in Mark 4 and 22, what is hidden is meant to be seen, and what is put out of sight is meant to be brought into the open. And then Jesus makes this assessment of the church. You're not cold. You're not hot. You're stale, you're stagnant, you make me want to vomit. What Jesus describes here is a lukewarm church. And, and he says that being lukewarm is unacceptable. To be lukewarm is to lack feeling or enthusiasm. To be lukewarm is to be indifferent and complacent and apathetic. This church was just going through the motions. There was no heart, no zeal, no focus in their worship. When they sang, it was just blah. When they prayed, there was no enthusiasm. When they studied. They did so without any real desire to hear from God. They didn't worry about spreading the gospel or caring for those who were in need. They were just there taking up space. 
You're not hot. You're not cold. You're stale. You are stagnant. In times like these, we need churches that do more than just take up space. We need churches that do more than just go through the motions. We need churches that have an unquenchable desire to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Never forget this, my brothers and sisters. In life, you get what you settle for. If you settle for a perfunctory religion, then perfunctory is all you're going to get. If you settle for mediocre service, then all we'll ever be is mediocre. And in the spiritual life of our churches, we all too often settle for mediocrity. We settle for milk when we ought to be feasting on the meat of the word of God. We settle for a casual Sunday morning religion when we ought to be drawing nearer to God every day. And you need to know today, if you settle too much in the long run, you won't be satisfied. And when dissatisfaction sets in, you'll have no one to blame but yourselves. Every day, we need to make up in our minds that we're going to try harder to fulfill our potential. Every day we need to say, God, I want to be all that you have made it possible for me to be. We must make up in our minds that we are no longer going to just go through the motions. Jesus says to Laodicea, you're not hot, you're not cold. And then he adds this, it's far better to be one or the other. Now, let's clarify what Jesus is really saying here. Jesus is using a well-known problem relating to the water supply for Laodicea to make a spiritual point. As rich as Laodicea was, Laodicea had a serious water problem. They didn't have enough fresh water, so water had to be piped in from other places. Hierapolis had hot springs, and they would pump water to Laodicea from seven miles away. But by the time the water arrived, the hot water was just lukewarm. Colossae was known for its cool springs, but by the time the water could be pumped 10 miles to Laodicea, the cool water had become lukewarm. From regardless of where the water started, by the time it reached Laodicea, the temperature had changed. Hot water is cleansing. Cool water is refreshing. But lukewarm water, was neither. I want you to hear what Jesus is saying to us today. If we are lukewarm, then there's no spiritual benefit to us. Jesus says, I would rather you be refreshing like a drink of cold water or be vibrant like the cleansing hot springs. But if you're just lukewarm, there's no benefit 
in that. Lukewarm churches, Jesus says, makes me sick. Lukewarm churches, Jesus says, makes me want to vomit. And if you think that's a serious problem, Jesus says that's not the only problem that you have. Read verse 17. He says, you say, I'm rich. I've become wealthy and I don't need anything, but you don't realize how pitiful and how miserable you have actually become. You are poor, you are blind, you are naked. Hear what Jesus is saying, church. In addition to being lukewarm, the church had fallen in love with material things. They were so caught up in their tangible wealth that they lost sight of their true purpose. My brothers and sisters, we need to ask ourselves, are we guilty of being lukewarm? Have we put our trust in the wrong things? When that happens, we're saying something to God that I'm not sure we want to say. First, if you're lukewarm, it shows that there's a lack of faith. If you're lukewarm, what you're really saying to God is, I don't trust you. If you're lukewarm, what you're really saying to God is, I have more confidence in me than I have in you. Is that the message that you want to convey? In this life, nothing stays the same for very long. And often, the difference between joy and sorrow is in the blink of an eye. Am I the only one who has arisen in the morning and everything was fine, but before I could get out the front door, things had started to unravel? Am I the only one who's had to deal with situations where there was happiness one moment and there was tragedy the next moment and you didn't know how you were going to make it? When we know that life is such a fragile and tedious thing, you need to be sure that you put your trust in the right place. And if your trust is not in Jesus then you're telling him something. Scripture tells us about an encounter Jesus had with a wealthy young ruler where Jesus challenged him to consider where his faith really was. The man came to Jesus seeking confirmation of the fact that he had already received eternal life. He, 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 he told Jesus, I've done everything right from the time that I was a child. And what he really expected from Jesus was for Jesus to tell him that he didn't have anything to worry about. But Jesus sensed there was something else in this young man. Jesus sensed that this young man's trust was not in God, but was in the things that he had. And so Jesus said to him, go and sell everything you got. Don't keep the money. Give the money to the poor and then come and follow me. Well, that boy became dumbfounded. He, he, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to respond. Give up everything that I have? His wealth gave him security. His wealth gave him status. It gave him acceptance and approval in certain circles that he wouldn't have without it. And when Jesus told him to give it all up, 
The young man said, no, I'm not ready to do that. My brothers and sisters, if Jesus asked you to give up something, would you be willing to do it? If Jesus said, this thing is blocking your relationship with me. If Jesus said that this person is blocking your faith in me and you need to move that out of the way, are you willing to do that? I remind you, this is the same Jesus that said no one can serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. And when we put our trust in what God gave us, more than we put our trust in the God who gave it, then we're telling God something. We're exhibiting a lukewarm faith. More than that, more, more than showing a lack of faith, lukewarm churches exhibit a lack of courage. Hear me today, it takes courage to be a Christian and don't let anybody else tell you anything different. It takes courage to stand up for God. It takes courage to stand with God against the rising tide of doubt that we will experience. It takes courage to love your enemies. It takes courage to bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you and pray for those who use you and persecute you. It takes courage to put the needs of others ahead of your own wants. It takes courage to act with integrity but when you get caught up in other stuff, material things, temporal things, you're showing a lack of courage, and that lack of courage displeases Christ. Well, preacher, how do you know that Jesus was displeased? Look at how he describes them. He says that they were pitiful and miserable. Rather than being characterized by their spiritual unity in Christ, they were characterized by misery and sorrow. In contrast to the material wealth of the city, Jesus says that they were spiritually poor. He says that they were impoverished of those things that are essential to a growing relationship with Christ. In a city known the world over for its eye salve, Jesus says that you are spiritually blind. In a city known for producing the finest wool in the world, Jesus says that you're running around naked. And what was true of this church? is true of any church that lacks the courage to stand up for Jesus. Well, finally, Jesus challenges this church to recover from its lack of commitment. Jesus tells them there is a cure to your spiritual condition. And, and here it is, buy from me, buy gold from me that's been refined in the fire so that you can become rich. Buy clothes from me so that you can cover your nakedness. Buy salve from me to put on your eyes so that you can see. Jesus says that if you want to get moving in the right direction, you need to buy from him. He alone provides the cure to 
what ails us. You can't find it in the things of this world. You can't find it in personal agendas. You can't find it in worldly treasure. The cure to what ails us can only be found in buying from him. And then he says you have to have a change of mind. You have to have a change of heart and a change of purpose and a change of priority and a change of attitude and a change of authority and a change of focus. In order to buy exclusively from Jesus, you've got to shift your focus. You can't buy from Jesus looking at the things of this world. You can't buy from Jesus if you are devoted to the material things of this life, the temporal things of this life. If you really want to buy from Jesus, then you have to focus on Jesus. Hear what he says. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and, and opens the door, I will come in. I will fellowship with you and you with me. That's good news, my brothers and sisters, Jesus is saying, though you've been lukewarm, you don't have to stay lukewarm. Though you've been blind, you don't have to stay blind. Though you've been naked, you don't have to stay naked. I'm still here looking for you. I'm still here reaching for you. I'm still here calling for you. I'm still here offering you the opportunity to get better. My brothers and sisters, the same thing that Jesus says to the church at Laodicea, he's saying to us as well. He's saying you might have gotten off track. You might have moved in the wrong direction. You might have made some poor decisions. You might be caught up in a stale and stagnant and sickening religious circle from which there is no real vitality, no real strength, no real relevance, no real purpose. You might be caught up in lukewarm religion today, but just because you're caught up in it now doesn't mean you have to stay there. I'm still here. I'm still available to you. If you're willing to shift your focus, if you're willing to buy from me if you're willing to change your mind and your heart and turn to me I declare I will make a change in your life hymn writer put it this way what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have peace for my soul for which long I have sought since Jesus came into my heart. If you want peace, come to Jesus. If you want joy, come to Jesus. If you want friendship, come to Jesus. If you want a companion who'll never leave you nor forsake you, come to Jesus. If you want a door opener, come to Jesus. If you want a way maker, come to Jesus. If you want a protector who'll build a hedge around you and make your enemies your footstool, come to Jesus. He says, I'm still here. I'm still available to you. If you would humble yourself and allow me to be the Lord of your life. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word which challenges us.